Welcome to the One Arm Minute, where we continue our hard target search for fun and facts through the minutes of the 1993 action classic, The Fugitive. I'm Roger. And I'm Susan. And this is minute number two of The Fugitive. Susan, we're back. We are. Here's our Wednesday show. It's the middle of the week. This is minute two. This minute starts with another brief shot of a woman struggling against her unseen opponent. And it ends with a woman being shot. This is this is kind of a rough minute. It's a bad time. <laughs> Continuing sort of a, a very rough beginning of the movie. Wow. I mean, it gets your attention. It does. Uh, we talked. So about- it's sort of like you don't want to look away, but you don't want to look at it either. You're just like, mm. it, it's. I find it interesting that in this minute, there's sort of like there's like a, a scene of intense violence, followed by what is sort of like a very placid helicopter shot of Chicago with some credits and then it's like oh we're right back in it again like she's being attacked again um i think i think that helps build the tension yeah um, you've got kind of quiet and then like, quiet. also you have you have no idea at this point let me ask you a question i don't know if you can remember back to when you saw this movie the first time did you have any idea like did you have prior knowledge of the tv series or something like that did do you have did you have any idea at this point what was happening no, I knew I knew of the TV show by title and that clearly there was a fugitive in it. Uh, but I don't believe I knew anything beyond that. They can't get anything past you. Nope. Um, yeah, that's the same for me. Like, I don't know the TV series. Doing this podcast is kind of making me interested in maybe watching some of the TV series. But I didn't know that. I mean, that's that's the premise of the TV show as well. Richard Kimball's wife, Helen, gets killed by the one-armed man. Um but I didn't know that when I watched this. And so it's like, whoa, this is intense. I can't imagine dragging this story out for like a couple of seasons of a TV show. <laughs> it, and it was a wildly popular TV show uh, and an award-winning TV show as well. Maybe we'll talk about it more later. I don't have any notes about it for this minute. But um, what else do we get? Uh, we get a police siren, I think, which is kind of helping. If you, if you didn't already know that like this, there was a problem here, like that helps. Well, I think I, I'd seen some people, I, I was reading an article about the like the tropes and stuff that were in this movie, and they were talking about how you can hear the sirens, so it makes you think, okay, well, what's happening in the black and white has already happened. Mm. So this, is, this is the flashback, and the sirens, uh, which we later find out is actually true, there are the authorities responding to what is happening in the black and white section. That's a good point. That makes sense. Um what else? I'm going to say again, I think especially in this minute, um, the score really kicks in um, and it it's, uh, you know, we get these sort of these this this climax with these violins um, that leads up to the moment where Helen gets shot. And I think, um, you know, we'll talk more about James Newton Howard in a in an upcoming minute. Um, but just the, the use of score to help create the kind of tension and drama that that this movie demands, I think is pretty amazing. Um, so Julianne Moore has a credit. As she does. Of this a very high credit. Uh, do you want to, did you uncover any research? Why? Yes, because she was supposed to have a bigger part in the movie. That's right. Her, the, the doctor that she plays in the movie was supposed to end up actually being sought out by Richard Campbell to help him and eventually would fall for him. Or he would fall for her. I'm not sure which way that was going to go. And I believe the scenes were actually filmed. Yes. Then cut from the movie. 
yes, the uh, the unrequited love interest story, which are uh, not unrequited, but the unincluded love interest in this movie, which I think based on what you hear, everybody sort of realized, like, that's a bad idea. This is such a bad idea. This guy is being blamed for his wife's death. He's mourning her death. And you want him to fall in love with the, the you know, the redheaded doctor? Like, this is such a bad idea. <laughs> it does kind of give Julianne Moore a pretty short shrift. I mean, she ends up being in this movie for maybe a week of our podcast. Yeah, if that. <laughs> and she's amazing, right? Like, you look yeah. at her and you're like, you're too good to be doing just that. Yeah, because her movie right before this was Benny and June. Right. Um, and it's probably not going to be too long after this that she's going to do. Like, we'll be right, we'll be right after with shortcuts. Okay, um, which was also nominated for uh, the Oscar this year, at least for Robert Altman for Best Director. Yes. Um, so yeah, so she was she was busy okay. and already well known. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and so we'll get a chance to talk more about her. Yeah. For her three minutes of the movie. Uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of other actors. Do you want to go through them? I, I don't want to dig into any of them in any great detail right now, but do you want to go through them and give us their befores and afters? Well, the next one that uh, I believe you refer to is Joey Pants. Everybody refers to Mr. Pants. <laughs> I hadn't heard that before, but, but it, it's a lot easier to pronounce than Joe Pantoliano. Uh, his movie before was Three of Hearts, and his movie post this was Calendar Girl. That sounds right on brand for, for Joe Pantoliano. I, I can't wait to talk about him. My wildest dream, if, if if we could get anybody to come on as a special guest for this podcast, like we did with Marshall Teague for Roadhouse mm -hmm. Minute, it would be Joey Pants. It'd but be Joey Pants. That's a big reach. He's a little too famous, I think, for this podcast, but I'm going to try. But I mean, you don't ask. You can't say no. That's right. You you don't. Wayne Gretzky said one time, you don't book 100 percent of the guests for your podcast that you don't ask. So, all right. Who <laughs> else do we have? Gretzky, famous podcast. Next on our list of credits is the one armed man himself. Spoilers. Uh, Andreas Katsoulis. That's true. Who I mostly know from Star Trek. <laughs> really? Yes. I see. I'm going to. I'm going to confess right now, I know very little about Star Trek. So I'm assuming, was this on The Next Generation? He's on The Next Generation and a couple of others. I think he's on at least Enterprise as well. But he he played a, a not a recurring character. Well, I mean, he was on more than one episode as the same character. But I think maybe it was a total of three. Or okay. So is that his before? Uh, I don't believe so. His before was <laughs> another uh, movie that I quite enjoy that is not good. Hot Shots Part Two. Ah, okay. I've, I've, <laughs> I I I checked out after the first entry, but uh, I I like it more than I should. And the next one. Well, uh, I, I am very excited to hear you pronounce our next actor. Well, his post show is New York Undercover Cop. Which oh, sorry, ironic. Sorry, I got it. Okay, now. Ah. Our next then, one. There you go. Let's 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 see if you did your research. Yerun Krabe. Wow, you sound like someone who watched an internet clip multiple times about how to pronounce his name. No, I saw it spelled phonetically in the trivia on uh, in his biography on IMDb. Whoa. you're one of those people can, who can read phonetic symbols. Oh, and it wasn't phonetic. It was literally spelled out like Y E H R O O S. Yes, this is yeah. You're yeah, Krabe. I knew Crebe was the last word because I'm fluent in French. So Crebe with an with a, an accent aigu at the end was, but the I was like Jerome, like that doesn't sound right. 
That's what I always thought it was. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about him. He's fascinating because he's a recast. Yes, he is. Um, sadly. I mean, it's kind of a sad story, which I get, yeah. get a chance to talk about, too, when we... Yeah, because and... Richard Jordan is a really good actor. Yeah, was. Sadly, was. Right? Sadly, was, yeah. Okay. Who else do we have? Uh, after that, we have Daniel Roebuck, who is one of uh, Marshall Sam's uh, guys. Yeah, he plays uh, Biggs. Yeah. No, Biggs. Oh, wait, no. That's the wrong name. It's uh, Star Wars. <laughs> right. You're right. He's not making the Kessel Run. That is his name. Is it Biggs? Yes, his name is his name is Robert Biggs. That's his name. See, I, I was confident, but then you threw me off my confidence. And I guess we should say that uh, Yeroen Krabbe plays Dr. Charles Nichols. He does play Dr. Charles Nichols, along with a lot of other character actors. His... <laughs> This is where my pronunciation goes right off the rails because uh, first pre, but before this was a movie called, okay, here we go, Oderoeg. <laughs> it's spelled O-E-R-O-E-G. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt and not and, pronounce it again. And if it's Dutch or what it is. Uh, I, think, movie, I think it is. Yeah. He was also, right before this, in a young Indiana Jones. Oh, nice. Uh, around about the same time as Harrison Ford appeared. In one, with a beard, because he had to have a beard for this movie. What about Biggs? What was he doing before, after after Whomping? uh, 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 Before this, he was in uh, a short called Now Renting. And post this, King B, A Life in the Movies. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And who else do we have? Uh, The last credit in this minute is L. Scott Caldwell. The L, I've learned, is for Laverne. Nice. Uh, Her pre is... um, for the Love of My Child, the Amissa Ayala story, and her post is the, uh, an episode of The New Adventures of Superman. She's a very interesting actor. I look forward to talking about her. She um, very, in a, had a, in a very varied career. Yeah, for sure. And she plays Poole, um, who is, uh, again, one of the marshals. And Daniel Roebuck has 245 past credits and 27 upcoming credits. He's a busy working actor. I'm looking forward to digging into him as well. We're going to, and so listeners, just so you know, um, the reason why we're not getting into all of these people right now is partially because we don't want this episode to be two hours long, but also, you know, each of these actors deserves their own time to shine. So we'll be digging into each one of these in a, in their, in a separate episode um, over the next several weeks for sure. But everybody should go out and watch Hot, hot Shots Part <laughs> Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I co-sign that recommendation. Um what else? I guess I guess my only other thought for this minute is like, man, if you didn't need a if you didn't if you didn't have a PSA for why you shouldn't keep a gun in your house, like this so minute that question, it's their gun, right? She gets shot by her own gun. Absolutely. She gets yeah. shot by because I mean, I think what you see in this minute is I think it's in this minute where she is attempting. Yeah, she has the gun in this minute. She's attempting. Yeah, she has it in her hand. Yeah. She's attempting to defend herself. And, you know, spoiler alert, that oftentimes doesn't go well for people when they try to mm-hmm. use their own gun because they don't know how to use it. Yeah. Or they so. just like, you know, they just don't know how to keep it is the problem. <laughs> right. That too. That too. There's all kinds of reasons why keeping a gun in your house, maybe not the best idea. I appreciate that that's a political stance that I've just staked out there. You know, come at me with your pro gun in your room takes. I'm ready for that. I'm I'm Canadian. I think my stance is pretty clear. <laughs> and I I co-sign that as well. Um, I, I also and we'll we'll talk more about this in the next minute too. I, I think it's an interesting visual choice 
Um, you know, the the cinematographer, Michael Chapman, I think he yeah. makes some interesting choices in these minutes. And at the very end of this minute, you know, right when Helen gets shot, we have this really interesting visual effect where essentially we like dissolve to white. Yes. It's like her, about her. Do we dissolve to white or does it go to a negative? Oh, you know what? You're right. It doesn't dissolve to white, but it does like it. Yeah. It changes. It sort of goes white in the process of changing to negative when yeah. you kind of assume that she well she's she's mortally wounded she hasn't she isn't dead yet obviously but yes um, we should that, find out later that's an interesting choice i don't know that i can ever remember any other movie that makes such explicit use of the negative yeah like this does and maybe we'll get a chance to talk about like why and what we think yeah. about it the only time i can ever think of it being used is like in science fiction yeah not like an action thriller kind of movie uh this is a rough minute we don't have to talk more about this minute unless you've got more stuff that i haven't had a chance to talk about um just one random fact is that filming started before they finished the script <laughs> which is fun times i mean i don't think that's that unusual it does happen i know a lot of movies do depending on the movie type they do encourage a lot of improvisation during the filming of the movie um but i i i, I would be curious what what part of the movie it was that was unfinished did they not have an ending? Were they missing a romance? Were they missing, you know, like, what was it that was incomplete? Well, I know. started filming. I know of several points in the movie where they thought they were going to do it one way, and then they decided that they were going to change it in the moment. And hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about those. Yeah. So I think it's sort of a combination. I think there's some improvisation in this uh, in this movie, and we'll talk about when that happens. But I also think there's a fair amount of, especially dialogue in this movie, that was sort of rewritten by Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones. Mm -hmm. Some of the actors in the movie kind of rewrote some of their scenes. And yeah. so from that standpoint, the script wasn't finished. But I think there were some other parts, too, that maybe were not. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of points of, like, you know, characters... Uh, actors kind of arguing for like my character would or wouldn't do something and then yeah. or somehow successfully arguing not to die <laughs> which we'll get a chance to talk about when we when we talk about uh joey pants yes um i'm yeah. still alive I'm okay <laughs> i'm not dead yet i'm i'm getting better <laughs> um you know and i i guess i would i would say for for a movie that maybe was kind of half-baked when they started making it, this is a pretty great movie given, you know, you hear about some movies where that was the case and it comes out looking kind of like a souffle that didn't quite rise. Well, I feel like Andrew Davis gave the actors room to work on it. Yes. It wasn't just like, this is the script, we're doing the script, and that's final. It's like, you know, I think I can work on this dialogue, I think I can make it work for me. And he's like, okay, fine, go ahead, let's give it a try. And I think I think that comes across on the screen. Yeah. He's not David Fincher. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got? You got anything else for this minute? I think that's all I have, apart from the recasting of Dr. Nichols. We'll get into that a little later. Yes, when we talk about, what's his name? Uh, Richard Jordan. No, I mean the person who we recast for him. I just love listening to you pronounce it because you're so good at it. Yerun Krabbe. Very good. Very good. Who has the most interesting accent ever. He does. He does. He's... He's he's very Dutch for someone who presumably has lived his whole life in Chicago. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you once again for listening to another episode of the One Arm Minute. 
please, if you can, rate and review us on your favorite podcatching app. Uh, we will read any five-star reviews right here on the podcast. Uh, come and join us on Facebook at Tempest Fugitive, the One-Armed Minute search team. We're also on Elon Musk's favorite social media platform at, uh, at One-Armed Minute. And you can email us at onearmedminute at gmail.com. So remember, until next time, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs>